1: A jaguar stalks its prey. A rattlesnake strikes. A grizzly goes in for the kill. Nature, as it was once written, is red in tooth and claw. And adorable fluffy feathers. This is Outside In, a show about the natural world and how we use it. I'm Sam Evans-Brown. Today, a mini-episode about the world's cutest predator. Apart from just being a bird with a pretty badass name, (laughs) what, what are shrikes?
2: They're about the size of a a mockingbird. Long tail, large bill, white below, gray and black and white above. Very striking looking, actually.
1: This is Eric Masterson, who describes himself as an all-around bird guy. You'll probably hear from him again on this show. He's describing the northern shrike, which is a songbird, but not a super melodious one. Shrike's are predatory songbirds. They kill and eat insects, which is not a shocker, but also frogs, rodents, other birds, even snakes and lizards. They bite their prey in the neck, severing the spinal cord. So have you ever seen one hunt?
2: Yeah, I actually was sitting in in my office in Audubon. I used to work for New Hampshire Audubon, and I was sitting in my office, and I heard a ruckus coming from outside the window, and I looked out, and a blue jay was being attacked by a shrike. And a blue jay is actually bigger and heavier it was no match though, this shrike, this northern shrike, immobilized it by getting a grab of its, of its neck with its bill and either severing or, or, or stunning it with its, with its tomial tooth and basically carried it off in its, in its feet.
1: Wouldn't that be kind of like me wrestling a cow and carrying a cow off? I mean, <laughs> like the scale, the scale just doesn't seem right in my head.
2: No, it was like the, the, the space shuttle carrying off a jumbo jet. I mean, it was a bigger undercarriage than the bird.
1: So why am I telling you about this? It's basically just because I wanted to share with you how crazy and how surprising the world is. This is a songbird, a cute, fluffy little ball of feathers that kills other animals that are bigger and stronger than it is by biting through their spinal cord. Eric says he had read a study where, over the course of one season, a small family of shrikes, which weigh about two ounces each, ate 20 pounds of food. And if you're not already weirded out by this bird, Just wait.
2: In the winter, food is a scarce resource, and so Shrikes as a family, and certainly the Northern Shrike in New Hampshire has an adaptation to deal with food scarcity by, they create a larder. That's where they get the name butcher bird.
1: Did you catch that? Butcher bird.
2: They will find excess food and they will store it, uh, create this larder by impaling um, birds and small mammals on thorns, hawthorns, um, sharp twigs. Barbed wire fences, where they will actually come back later, sometimes months later. They have a very good memory, and um, and collect their their food from the larder.
1: Eric was once doing a Christmas bird count. The Christmas bird count is sort of like the biggest and longest running citizen science project in the country, and one of the volunteers found something a little odd.
2: No no one saw a shrike but one person said, well I found a golden crown kinglet, which is a tiny little bird, it's the smallest bird in North America next to the hummingbirds. And this person found a kinglet, a golden crown kinglet, impaled on a thorn like something out of a horror movie. And so it was clearly evidence of a shrike in the area, although no one had seen the shrike. Basically, shrikes are like Predator.
1: You know, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. So I know I know that that I'm sort of anthropomorphizing here and it's really hard for me not to. But it's almost I I have a hard time knowing who to root for in this situation. You know like you've got a bird that is clearly punching above its weight. So it's you've it's kind of like the underdog, but at the same time they're they're just so creepy.
2: Yeah, I can see yeah, I mean it's it sounds awful. I mean if you write it down on paper and then read it back, it's like, "Oh my god, this is a horrible bird." But um, we live in a different world to wild animals and they don't get the luxury of, of um, being subjectively discerning between what's, what's okay and what's not. They basically, they live out their life, whether it's a good, calm, mild winter like this winter or a horrendous one like the previous winter, they've got to get through it. And so I guess impaling chickadees on thorns is okay for them.
1: Yeah. <sighs> And And I will say, you know, I'm saying this obviously from the perspective of just sitting here in a studio and and thinking about it on kind of an emotional level. but I think if i if I was out in the woods and I were to stumble across something like that, now knowing what I know about this bird, I might just be sort of amazed um that i'd that I'd happened upon a something that's kind of rare and b something that it, it you know is kind of just kind of like a marvel
2: that's really key to appreciating the natural world, identification is only a tiny part of it, it's understanding the backstory, and so the backstories to so many of these animals is, is incredible. And so a shrike sitting on a tree or a fence post is a beautiful animal, but it's it's only a tiny part of the story unless you understand the life history behind this, this creature, they're, they're incredible animals, they really are.
1: incredible and kind of creepy. This episode of Outside In was produced by me, Sam Evans-Brown, with help from Maureen McMurray and Taylor Quimby. Molly Donahue and Logan Shannon are our digital producers, and they've been hard at work scouring the web for creepy photos and videos of shrikes in action. You'll find the haunting images on our website, outsideinradio.org. Our theme was composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. And a special request, if you like us, please leave a review on iTunes. If you don't like us... Just pretend you never heard this. Outside In is a product of New Hampshire Public Radio. See you next time.